Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. In highs only in the 30s. Mike Stennifer, WTOP News. Right now, we are at 27 degrees and holding in our nation's capital at 259. You're listening to WTOP. Washington's news, traffic, and weather station. WTOP News. Facts matter. Good Saturday morning. We've made it to the weekend. First weekend, January 6th, 2024. Dean Lane. Coming up, the Supreme Court will decide whether Donald Trump is on the ballot across the country. President Biden issues a new warning calling out Donald Trump's threat to American democracy. Winter's first blast of 2024 will be felt in our area later this morning. We'll update you. A baby reunited with her mom after the car she was in was stolen locally in D.C. Also, a teenager shot just outside a local high school. What police say started it in Hyattsville. I'm John Dome. School safety fights and following up. What happens after parents get a letter home? I'm Kate Ryan. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Staples. I'm Stacey Lynn. Shortly after taking off from Portland, Oregon, an Alaska Airlines flight had to make an emergency landing Friday night. KOIN-TV reporter Joyce O'Geary is at Portland International Airport. Social media video shows that one of the window panels had been blown out. According to the FAA, when the plane reached an altitude of 16,000 feet, it quickly turned around when the crew reported pressure issues. This happened about six minutes into the flight. That's according to Flight Aware. The FAA and NTSB are investigating the incident. Will former President Trump be allowed on the ballot? The Supreme Court will decide. CBS News chief legal correspondent Jen Crawford tells us they'll look at a specific provision in making their ruling. That provision was adopted after the Civil War, and it bars insurrectionists from holding federal office. Up until last month, other state courts had ruled that the provision did not apply to Trump. Colorado was the first, and since then we've seen voters at mostly Democrat states like Oregon, California, the Maine Secretary of State, all wanting to throw him off the ballot. So the court really had no choice uh, but to take this up. President Biden's ramping up his re-election campaign. Speaking at Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, where George Washington regrouped American forces during the War of Independence, President Biden said there is much at stake. As we begin this election year, we must be clear Democracy is on the ballot. The president spoke as the nation prepares to mark three years since the Capitol insurrection. A day forever shared in our memory because it was on that day that we nearly lost America, lost it all. And Mr. Biden said the rioters who stormed the Capitol on January 6th and are routinely praised by Donald Trump are not patriots. They are insurrectionists. Linda Kenyon, CBS News. Well, it is winter, so it shouldn't be a surprise. Millions could be in for some very wintry weather this weekend. CBS Boston's Beth Romano. Crews are gearing up in Sudbury, getting the trucks loaded with salt. The kind of activity they haven't seen here in a while, but they like the timing of this one. We don't have to deal with the commuting traffic, particularly on the uh, the tight roads that we have in Sudbury. Uh, it alleviates that. 44 pieces of equipment have been readied in the last few days for the job, which in this area could be fairly sizable. Once the last flight stops here, we need about five hours to clean up the entire town and all the parking lots and we're good to go. All the red carpets rolled out for the 81st Golden Globes for movies. Barbie and Oppenheimer lead the nominations. On the TV side, Succession has the most, followed by Bear and Only Murders in the Building. The Globes are on tonight, uh, tomorrow night on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. This is CBS News. 
Staples stores provide innovative products and services for small business, remote workers and learners, even teachers and parents. Explore more at your local Staples store. WTOP at 303. It's Saturday morning, January 6th, first weekend of this month. Welcome in. Glad you're with us. Winter storm warning for much of the region. Cold. During the day today, the high should reach the 30s with the wintry mix on the way. We're at 35 in Washington right now. Good morning to you. I'm Dean Lane. As we've been telling you here on WTLP this morning, the weather tops the news this morning. I love the winter. That's a good thing. Our region, the question is, will it be a winter wonderland? After all, it seems not. A winter storm is expected to move lay into the area later this morning, bringing with it a mixed bag, says WTLP meteorologist Mike Stinnerford this hour. A little snow and a lot of rain, pretty much. Way to sum it up here is uh, uh, new computer models are bringing a whole lot of moisture in, a whole lot of uh, warm air and moisture in at the upper level. And that's going to change over any snow and sleet that moves into rain fairly quickly. So winter storm warning teams for Washington, Frederick, and Carroll counties. And then also winter weather advisory along in west of I-95 does not include the district. Across our area, crews have been pre-treating roads ahead of the possible wintry weather mix. We'll keep you updated here on your weather alert station here at WTLP with the very latest with traffic and weather on the 8s. It's 3.04 on WTLP. The good news story and our other top story of the day this early Saturday morning, a four-month-old baby locally that was in the backseat of a car stolen in Georgetown on Friday has thankfully been reunited safe with her mother this weekend. D.C. police say the baby was inside of a white Jeep at the time with a missing gas cap door that was stolen on M Street in Northwest just before 6 last evening. Later, around 7 p.m., the four-month-old baby girl was found eventually safe in a car seat on the porch of a home located at 28th Street in the southeast. The child has since been reunited with the mother. Um, As of right now, we have a white vehicle that is still outstanding, and we're asking for the community's help uh, for anyone who may have observed this this incident. That was Darnell Robinson, the Assistant Chief of Patrol Services North with D.C. Police. At 3.05 in the morning Saturday on WTOP, a teenager in another story is in the hospital this morning in critical condition after he was shot during an attempted robbery just behind Northwestern High School in Hyattsville. Three teenagers were walking here along Carnaby Street right behind the school when Hyattsville Police Chief Jared Towers says three other males approached them. Those three males... Uh, approached one of the three teenagers and attempted to take his jacket from him. But the teen fought back, sparking a brawl that spilled from street to sidewalk. One of the three males produced a handgun and shot that teenager uh, one time. However, he says multiple shots were fired. This is a brand new neighborhood, and Chief Tower says one neighbor nearly intervened trying to break up the fight. He recommends against that. The person who stepped up today and was going to break, look, go get involved in this and break up a fight was going to break up a teenage fight. Unfortunately, the situation escalated. In Hyattsville, John Dome and WTOP News. 306 Saturday morning on WTOP. When students are involved in a fight, parents may get a letter home describing what happened. But how are students actually disciplined in these situations? My top priority as superintendent is to ensure that every student that comes into a school feels safe. That's Montgomery County Public School Superintendent Monifa McKnight. After two students were involved in a fight at Bethesda Chevy Chase High School Wednesday, the principal emailed the school community explaining that students are held accountable, but that doesn't always mean out-of-school suspension. McKnight talked to WTOP about how the schools deal with student discipline. Whatever consequences are appropriate for that particular incident 
must be addressed, but restoration also still has to happen at some point. Kate Ryan, WTOP News. School day. An internship program locally, helping some Fairfax County public school students with disabilities prepare for life after graduation. Curtis, it is a sauce book they call it. Cedar Lane student Curtis Roberts and graduate Damian Lloyd are taking inventory here at Brook Rental Center in Vienna. Um, I like clean chairs, cut pipes, etc. Curtis interns here several days each week as part of a program that pairs students with disabilities with community businesses. Yeah, I get to do new things every day. Damian started here as an intern too. Now he's a full-time employee. These chandeliers you see in the tent right now, I wired those up. Anna Veltri is helping students work at places such as Dollar Tree, Panera Bread, and other local shops, too. A lot of it is is building their confidence, building their skill set. In Vienna, Scott Gelman, WTOP News. Saturday morning, January 6th. Welcome to WTOP. Time now is 3.08. Michael and Son's heating tune-up for only $59. Michael and Son. WTOP traffic and weather on the eights and when it breaks, guaranteed 24-7. Traffic always first. Good morning to Ken Berger in the WTOP Traffic Center. Thank you, Dean. Good morning, everyone. The crash on the Beltway Inner Loop over by Allentown Road has been cleared. All lanes are now open now on the Capitol Beltway in Maryland. Uh, this is between the Wilson Bridge up the east side all the way to 270. If you're hanging that right-hand turn to go north on 270 and all the way up into the Frederick area, you find no delays either side of 270, both in Frederick County and in Montgomery County. The ride on 95 and 295 between the two Beltways running in the clear. Route 50 leaving the Beltway heading out to the Bay Bridge running without delay. And and at the Bay Bridge, we still have the closure of the eastbound span for the work zone with two-way operations set up on the westbound span. The central lane closed as a buffer zone. You'll find no delays. Also in Anne Arundel County, both directions of 198 between 32 and Bald Eagle Drive. There's a bridge closure in effect because of the emergency work zone. This is the 198 Laurel Fort Mead Road Bridge over Little Patuxent Parkway over by Tipton Airport at Fort Mead. Traffic being diverted onto Maryland 32, the Patuxent Freeway, and the B. W Parkway, then back to 198, and this will go on until the repairs are complete. They say it'll be about a week and a half to two weeks or so, and the washout of this bridge is because of a log jam of debris. In Prince George's County, eastbound 50 at Columbia Park Road, left lane closed in the work zone. This is in the area between 201 and 202 in Chevrolet. The WTO, uh, the the WTOP Traffic Center is furnished by Regency Furniture. Shop Regency's dining room, living room, and bedroom sets, plus brand-name mattresses in-store and online at regencyfurniture.com. I'm Ken Berger, WTOP Traffic. A good deal. Cloud cover this early morning by sunrise. Temperatures will range from the 20 suburbs to around 30 closer into the district. Around sunrise, snow and sleet will move in from the southwest and south and move northeast. We're looking for mainly rain across southern Maryland. All of us will see the precipitation changing over to rain by late morning and afternoon, so little or no snow accumulation except near the Blue Ridge and near the Pennsylvania border. Highs later today will be in the 30s, and then Sunday, partly sunny and breezy, highs mid-40s. Mike Stenifer, WTOP News. There are 31 degrees upon circle. It's 28 Germantown, 31 Annandale, 35 degrees now once again in our nation's capital, brought to you in the 3 a.m. hour on WTLP Saturday morning, January 6th by Long Fence. Save 25% on Long Fence. Decks, pavers, and fences. Six months, no payment, no interest financing. Terms and conditions do apply. Check them out. Go to longfence.com. WTLP at 310. On WTLP, we bring you money news at 10 and 40 past each hour. 
Jeff Claybaugh wraps your business week this morning. The unemployment rate was unchanged in December at 3.7%. Companies added a more than expected 216,000 jobs. The district is committed to spending more than $1.2 billion this year on procurement contracts with small businesses. Resume Builders says eight in ten companies will closely monitor all employee in-office attendance this year and punish non-compliers. The Dow gained just 26 points in Friday's session. It lost almost 1% for the week. Jeff Clayball, WTOP News. U.S. Supreme Court now accepts the Colorado case where Donald Trump tries to stay on the ballot. We'll have more on that in depth coming up on WTOP in just minutes. Good morning. Glad you're with us. It's 311. What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Dariana. We call him Day Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something, whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that when he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go, we worked together, we did a good job. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're with Dean Lane on WTOP. Are your children up to date on their school immunizations? Childhood immunizations and regular visits to the doctor help protect D.C. public school students, staff, and teachers year-round. Make sure your students are protected from childhood diseases. Visit osse.dc.gov slash immunization for more information on school immunization requirements and to find vaccine clinics throughout the district. Together, we can ensure all D.C. students are healthy and ready to learn by protecting them and our community against infectious disease. Visit osse.dc.gov immunization to learn more. It's Saturday, January 6th. Welcome to the first weekend of 2024. Thanks for starting with us here at WTOP. If you're just joining us this early hour, winter storm warning for parts of the region as we head towards daybreak. Cold, a winter mix is what we're expecting in the central area coming our way, according to Mike Stineford. And the Weather Center, we are looking at a high in the 30s today. We're at 35 in Washington right now. I'm Dean Lane, 313 on WTOP. Welcome. You're listening to WTOP News. The U.S. Supreme Court will decide now whether or not former President Donald J. Trump can be kept off the 2024 presidential ballot because of the actions he's accused of taking on January 6th, 2021. The justices have agreed now to take up a Colorado case inserting themselves in the presidential campaign. Oral arguments, we're told, are set for next month on February 8th. This morning, Political Senior Affairs reporter Josh Gerstein with his take. They're basically being asked to uh, pass judgment, Dimitri, on this Colorado Supreme Court ruling from a couple of weeks ago uh, that found that Trump was ineligible both to run uh, as a candidate, even in the primary uh, for president, and to serve as president because of his role in the events of January 6, 2021, and his efforts to you know, undermine and overturn the election results uh, in the 2020 presidential election. Exactly what aspect of that decision they're going to look at is unclear. The order they issued today simply said that they were taking up a petition to review that. And unlike you know, what they sometimes do, we're going to look at this question or that question. They provided no guidance whatsoever on on whether there are any limitations to the scope of their uh, review here. But when all is said and done, whether you live in the state of Maine, in Colorado, here in Virginia or Maryland, uh, it is decided that, uh, well, let me put it this way, what they decide about Colorado, would that affect the whole nation? 
It definitely could for the general election. For the primary election, it's more of a mixed bag, and it might well be that it doesn't really affect the primaries a great a great deal. Even in Colorado, remember, uh, Dimitri, the Supreme Court there in that state put its decision basically on hold if Trump appealed. And if you look at kind of the calendar for when, uh, you know, absentee ballots, military overseas ballots start going out, even with a February 8th hearing and a decision, say, a few days later, if it comes that quickly, uh, the election is really underway in Colorado. People there uh, these days generally vote by mail. And so people will be receiving their ballots uh, within a couple days of this Supreme Court argument. So I think just as a practical matter, um, there's not going to be a lot of direct impact uh, on primaries as a result of whatever the decision is that the court puts out. Now, I don't want to ask a question uh, as a way to diminish all that we're talking about here, this important matter before the court and the ballot. But there's also the question of presidential immunity, a separate case that, again, we expect the Supreme Court to adopt here and tell us something more about Donald Trump's political future. Right. I mean, what we've seen already in this campaign and we expect to have continue in the coming months is that Trump's 2024 presidential bid basically is going to be mounted in large part in a series of courtrooms in Washington, D.C., down in Florida, up in New York City. And so that's one of the questions here. You know, will those criminal cases against Trump, there are a total of four of them that are currently pending. Uh, will they be able to go forward while this campaign is happening or will some of them be knocked out? Will it be the case that uh, whatever trials he might be ordered to stand uh, part in would take place after the election, uh, would those be the federal cases, in which case uh, he could perhaps order his new attorney general to just dismiss them? So all those questions are still out there. And so we do think there's going to be other perhaps nearly as critical questions for Trump, maybe more in some respect, that are going to come before the high court in the next few weeks. They could really see a pileup of issues, including gag orders, civil immunity, and those criminal cases. Political Senior Affairs reporter Josh Gerstein in a conversation here on WTLP with our Dimitri Soto. Look at the top stories we're following for you this weekend, Saturday morning on WTLP. President Biden warns democracy is in danger this election year, says his likely opponent in the fall, Donald Trump, is responsible. Mr. Biden speaking Friday near Valley Forge. The weather topping the news this weekend could be snowy Saturday. Parts of our area anyway will keep you updated on your weather alert station. And recapping, the Supreme Court will decide now whether or not former President Trump can be disqualified from running for office again. Stay with WTLP for more in just minutes. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTLP.com. Jack Frost is a slippery character. <laughs> With a nasty bag of tricks. Sleet and snow. Freezing rain and the big bad blizzard. Don't let him fool you. Depend on WTOP for traffic and weather updates every 10 minutes on the 8s. A winter weather advisory has just been issued. A lot of side streets remain unplowed. You'll know how to dress the kids to deal with Jack Frost. And you'll know when you can hit the road, Jack. WTOP News. Facts matter. Thank the Lord for the night are you a family with child medical expenses and looking for relief? United Healthcare Children's Foundation is here to help. They offer medical grants that financially help families cover costs that are not covered or not fully covered by their commercial health insurance. So far, the United Healthcare Children's Foundation has awarded more than 34,000 grants worth more than $70 million. You don't need to be insured through United Healthcare to qualify. Visit grantsforkids.org. That's grantsforkids.org and apply for a grant today. 
Coming up after traffic and weather. We have divided government. What to watch for as Virginia lawmakers prepare to go back to work. I'm Nick Ainelli. WTOP at 318. Traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks, over to Ken Berger in the WTOP Traffic Center this morning. Thank you, Dean. Good morning and good morning, everyone. A very quiet ride all through the DMV this Saturday morning. Not seeing any major delays anywhere on 66 between the Beltway and the 81 interchange south of Winchester. Inside the Beltway, only one work zone reported on the westbound side to 66. This is uh, the uh, left lane getting by uh, just past the Roslyn Tunnel. There was some traffic engineering activity on the Roosevelt Bridge, but that has been cleared off the shoulder. A Virginia 28 Sully Road between the Princeway and Parkway in Manassas and Route 66 is running just fine in either direction. And then 28 between 66 and Centerville past Chantilly over by Dallas heading up to Virginia 7. The Leesburg Pike also is wide open. No worries on the Princeway and Parkway. Virginia 234 between 66 and 95. Business 234 Sudley Road running in the clear both sides between 66 and 28 in Manassas. In Maryland, you're going to find a nice and easy ride on Central Avenue from Capitol Heights out to Anne Arundel County. Had the utility work on the uh, eastbound side near Addison Road. That has been cleared, so all lanes are now open. Maryland 210 coming north of Potomac Heights past Piscataway to the Beltway in Oxon Hill is a nice and easy ride. No major worries either side of the Suitland Parkway between Pennsylvania Avenue and 295 over by Anacostia Park. 295 itself, the BW Parkway outside the district is clear. All lanes heading up to the Beltway system. And then outside the Beltway, no worries on 295 heading into Baltimore. I'm Ken Berger, WTOP Traffic. Most of cloudy skies continue across the region. Temperatures are in the 20s to around 30. That'll be the story for the next several hours. During the daylight hours later today, we will see snow and sleet rolling in from the southwest, moving off to the northeast. That'll change over to rain fairly quickly, so only light accumulations of snow and sleet, mainly well north and well west. Just a cold rain by afternoon with highs in the 30s. 30s, partly sunny, breezy Sunday, highs mid-40s. Mike Stenifer, WTOP News. Right now, we are at 32 degrees to Pond Circle, 28 Germantown, 31 in Annandale, 32 in Holding, in our nation's capital. Brought to you this time around by Lynn the Plumber Heating and Air. Trusted same-day service, seven days a week. Check them out. Lynn the Plumber, Heating and Air, WTLP at 321. Are you a family with child medical expenses and looking for relief? United Healthcare Children's Foundation is here to help. They offer medical grants that financially help families cover costs that are not covered or not fully covered by their commercial health insurance. So far, the United Healthcare Children's Foundation has awarded more than 34,000 grants worth more than $70 million. You don't need to be insured through United Healthcare to qualify. Visit grantsforkids.org. That's grantsforkids.org and apply for a grant today. Washington's top news, WTOP. Facts matter. My name is Cheryl and I live in Silver Spring. I work two jobs to support my family. We always thought it would be enough to live on. There's not much left for food. As a senior, sometimes you have to choose between your medication and food. Hunger is a problem in our region, so we have to come together. One in three of our DMV neighbors faces hunger. Hear their stories at hungerishere.org. Brought to you by the Capital Area Food Bank. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to the weekend. Thanks for starting with us here at WTLP. This January 6th time now on WTLP is 1222. Glad you're with us. You're listening to WTOP News. Classes were canceled, grief counselors on hand in Perry, Iowa on Friday, a day after a sixth grader there was killed 
and several other people were injured when a 17-year-old student this week opened fire inside his high school. CBS Evening News anchor Nora O'Donnell has details. The 11-year-old who was killed was identified as Amir Joliff. The principal is among those wounded and he is credited with saving lives and he remains in critical condition. Two students are also still in the hospital. Investigators are looking into possible motives. According to local reports, two former classmates say the shooter had been bullied for years. When Virginia lawmakers go back to work in Richmond next week, Democrats will control both the House and the Senate. But as WTLP's own Nick Ionelli reports Saturday morning, they're sure to get pushback from the state's Republican governor. We will see some political gridlock. For example, Democratic lawmakers have said they want to pass bills tightening Virginia's gun laws, but that won't sit well with Governor Glenn Youngkin. You're going to see a set of Democratic measures that are going to be vetoed by the governor. And the Democrats don't have enough of a majority to actually overturn those vetoes. Virginia political analyst Bob Holsworth. On abortion, Democrats plan to go around the governor by starting the process of amending the state's constitution to guarantee a woman's right to an abortion. But the two sides do agree on some things, including economic development and workforce development issues, giving teachers a raise and spending more to improve Virginia's mental health infrastructure. Nick Ainelli, WTOP News. Meantime, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin had a higher job approval rating last month than he did a year before. Did you know that? That is despite his recent legislative election defeats, in fact. In December, Youngkin had a job approval rating of 58% in a Mason-Dixon polling phone survey of voters. The polling firm says 37% disapproved of his performance and about 5% were not sure. The Richmond Times-Dispatch reports a year ago that Youngkin's job approval rating was actually a little lower than now at 56 percent. In the November 7th legislative elections, Democrats held control of the state Senate and flipped control of the House of Delegates. The survey was conducted shortly after Youngkin announced the triumph, a proposed $2 billion deal that would move the whiz and caps to a new arena at Alexandria's Potomac Yard. That's all over with by now, right? Just as the Christmas holiday weekend was starting, actually, Alexandria released an economic analysis projecting billions of dollars in revenue, thousands of new jobs, if the Caps and Wiz moved to Potomac Yard. But why was it released just before the holidays? Mayor Justin Wilson telling WTLP this weekend the city wanted it made public as quickly as possible. So we're going to be talking about it quite a bit. There was certainly no intent to hide it. It was actually drawing or trying to draw as much attention as possible um, at a time where everyone was kind of uh, scattered. So... Uh, yeah, we, we just got it out as quickly as we could. The plan to bring the sports franchises to Northern Virginia still has to be approved by the Virginia General Assembly and Alexandria's City Council. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTOP.com. Sports at 25 and 55. WTOP Sports Time, 325 on your Saturday morning, and Mr. Rob Woodfork's turn this hour. The Wizards went 0 for Cleveland, losing 114-90 to to the Cavaliers to lose both road games this week by a combined 69 points. But Wes Unsell Jr. took heart in his team, forcing a season-high 23 turnovers. Yeah, I thought it was much better. And that was the challenge for the last you know, day and a half was regardless of whether we put the ball in the hole or not, but defensively, and this particularly in that first half, I thought we were really good. And that was very promising. Just some of the things, not only schematically, but just the energy, the effort, the purpose. I thought we took more pride what we're trying to do across the board. The Capitals fared no better at home, giving up six unanswered goals and a 6-2 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. Coach Spencer Carberry